The secret to classroom management. Effective classroom management is one of the most important, but crucially most neglected parts of teacher training. Even though millions of teachers are desperate to learn how to handle their classes, desperate to be in control of their students, and desperate not to feel that sense of anxiety when going to school each day. The lack of classroom management is the main reason that most teachers leave the profession. And nobody out there is able to show them how to control their classes. Until today. Hi, I'm Eric, a teacher who has made it my life's mission to make content that helps teachers. With this video, I want to share the best classroom management tips and the one secret idea that nobody out there is telling you about. I believe that this one piece of advice will take your understanding of classroom dynamics and classroom control to the next level. You will understand exactly why students misbehave and how to deal with it, giving you ultimate confidence when teaching your classes. But first, I will go through the most common classroom management advice given to teachers. After that, I will share what I believe is the fundamental key that separates teachers that struggle with discipline in the classroom from teachers with good classroom management skills. Advice number one, build relationships. This is the first and most common piece of advice that most teachers receive. Ask your students questions about their lives and activities. If they know that you are interested in who they are, it will create a connection with them. Your students will come to like and respect you for caring about their lives and less likely to misbehave. Sure, Forming a bond with your students is a great idea, but that approach hasn't stopped students from acting out and misbehaving in class. Many teachers have tried to make friends only for those students to turn against them, then misbehave and challenge that teacher without any remorse. You try and be nice and kind, and they still misbehave and treat you like you are nothing. It also doesn't explain why other teachers have complete control over their classes, despite never forming a personal connection with their students. You know the ones I'm talking about. They are strict and only focus on the work at hand. They don't care about their students, yet still maintain discipline and get things done, without any questions about feelings. Number two, set rules and procedures. One of the leaders in classroom management, Harry Wong, stresses in his work the need for teachers to set up class rules and exact procedures for students to follow. That way students know what is expected of them and have a clear understanding of what to do and how to behave in class. I 100% agree that you should set up rules for your students to follow. They should understand the consequences of their actions, in other words punishments, and be given thorough procedures so that everybody knows exactly how to act in class. Here are some tips. Don't make too many rules and put it somewhere on a wall for the students to see. Send the rules home in a letter to parents for them to sign and return back to you. Explain the punishments and make sure the students agree. In the first few weeks, regularly review the rules and role play the procedures. 
Procedures should include how to enter class, to start lesson, take notes, take part in activities, classroom behavior, moving around the class, working in groups, cleaning up, and finally leaving class. So many teachers believe that students should participate in the creation of classroom rules. But while it's a nice exercise and a PC thing to do, it has no effect on whether or not students stick to those rules long term. You will get the same results by creating thorough rules on your own, explaining them and having the students accept those rules, and you don't have to waste time making the students come up with classroom procedures. But how often do new teachers share those rules? And over time, it deteriorates. The rules get challenged and conflict becomes increasingly common. After a couple of weeks, they get challenged more and more. A month goes by and then finally they find themselves in classes that are unbearably out of control. Even though they had set the rules, they were punishments and procedures. Those rules were stretched until broken and classroom management left in shambles. Three, model ideal behavior. Learners notice way more than we think. The way that you act in class will most likely be copied by the learners as they see what you do and how you act. But let me make it abundantly clear. Strong-minded students don't care what a weak teacher says or thinks. They will actively do things to trigger you instead of modeling good behavior. Be strong, kind and helpful in class because that is what good people should do. But do not disillusion yourself by thinking that if you act like a saint, that they will follow. Unless you come from a place of strength, they will not follow you wherever you try and lead them. Tip number four, be consistent. Human beings are keenly aware of fairness in social situations. Nothing quite gets us as upset as when we are treated unfairly and therefore teachers need to be consistent in the way that they apply the rules. When punishing students, make sure that they understand that it's not you versus them, it is them versus the rules. They have decided to behave in a way that breaks the rules and thus will receive the previously agreed to punishment. They should never see you as the enemy but merely the one enforcing the rules. To make sure they understand this, tell them that you are not punishing them, you are punishing the undesired behavior. You like them, but you want them to behave appropriately in class and change the unwanted actions that got them into trouble in the first place. Remember to be clear. Crafty students will try to play on your emotions. They will attempt to sway you by saying things like, Sir, it was only this once. You are being unfair. You would never punish Betty like this. Why do you always pick on me? It wasn't even that bad. Or they might try to manipulate you first, swearing that they will never do it again. Then they fake anger and claim injustice at their treatment. Do not waver. They really don't care about these things. Those are lies to manipulate and sway your judgment. So if you are inconsistent, you will definitely lose your class. But that still isn't the magic source to classroom management.
Why? You've seen those teachers that cannot be bargained with. They are strict and have no time for squabbles. Their word is law and even if they are unjust, students don't criticize them back. In this view, we know that consistency, although a very good idea, is not the sole panacea for classroom control. 5. Strong body language. The best teachers are unafraid to express themselves in their body language. We can see them as confident and decisive. The kind of body language that leaders use to show that they are serious and not to be pushed around. Stand upright. Take up space, especially in front of class. Keep eye contact with your students until they look away. Slow down your movements. Broaden your stance and shoulders. We teachers are jittery and move too quickly. Confidence is slow and methodical. Speak slowly and clearly. Vary your intonation and speed of voice. Do not be reactive. Don't spin in the direction if someone asks you a question. Take your time. Your time is precious. Make them wait for you. Students interpret this as a sign of a strong leader. Let students follow you whenever you walk outside. Don't be afraid to get into their personal space to show your leadership, but don't scare or intimidate shy students. You can bend down to speak to small children so that they don't feel dominated. Wait for silence before you speak to show that your words are important and keep your instructions clear and simple. These body language tips will help you become a more confident person and a better teacher. But it's still not the greatest tool in classroom management. Why? Because even after sharing teacher body language tips, teachers still run into difficult classes. Why does classroom management remain such an issue after they've learned and started implementing stronger body language? Because it is the mindset behind the body language that is important, not the body language itself. Until teachers gain confidence or learn student behavior from videos such as these, they will still have struggles when it comes to classroom management. 6. Being prepared. Plan your classes and structure them completely. Most classes won't have any issues if you offer valuable educational experience. If you fail to plan, you plan to fail. Every minute in class should be used wisely and have additional activities ready in case the ones you have don't work or are completed quicker than expected. Have backup tasks and plan ahead for any probabilities. Create fun interactive lessons where students feel like they are receiving a great amount of value just by being there. Keep instruction active, activities interactive, content related to the students and their interests. A lot of unwanted behavior occurs because students don't understand what to do. Keep things simple. Make sure everybody understands exactly what you want and how to do it. Then get them started before walking around and checking in on individuals or groups. 
Gamify the classroom to keep things fun and active. Students should always have something to do. Once they finish their work, they should know exactly what to do next so that they are always occupied. They should not be in a rush to finish and once they do, let them do the next work on their own. Have extra worksheets and readers available for students that finish quick. Also, set procedures for students that were absent to collect work from the class captain so that they don't depend on you to be informed and use that as an excuse. Teachers have to autonomize their classes. That frees them to focus on other priorities. Being prepared shows the students that you are serious about classes and the fact that they are constantly occupied with challenging but interesting work will keep them too busy to cause a nuisance. Idle hands is devil's play and all that. But the truth is that even the best planned classes will not work unless you get the students to buy in and do the work. If you have all these valuable materials, activities and lectures planned, but no one willing to sit still and listen, then it's utterly pointless. Unless you can manage your classroom effectively, students won't be able to fully experience the great education you've got planned for them. Number seven, classroom energy. An idea that has rarely been mentioned is controlling the ebb and flow of student energy inside a classroom. This is something that is used with younger students in kindergarten and elementary school. Teachers use energizers and settlers to stay in control of their classes. To get rid of that excess energy, teachers play energetic games or do chants. They get the kids moving and active to spend that pent-up energy. Then calm them down and give them time to rest by reading a story or doing another calming activity. It is impossible to only do fun activities that spend energy. Students become exhausted and then get into fights. On the other hand, no classroom with young students can only do relaxing activities such as drawing and story time for every class. Even though students have different energy levels and preferences, teachers still motivate kids to participate in both types of activities. That way, they stay in control and have better classroom management than teachers that don't understand classroom energy. The manipulation of energy in the classroom extends to all age levels. If you control the way that they spend their energy, you control the class. Manage classroom energy by doing energizing activities at one point and relaxing activities the next. By managing the flow of energy, you are able to direct them to the task at hand and help them release energy when it becomes pent up. Start viewing your class as an energy line. Begin your class with tons of positive energy. Have a fun activity to start or tell an interesting story to pique their attention. Once the warm-up is over, you move on to instruction. Now that their energy is spent, it is easier to focus on what is being said. Then challenge them with another engaging activity to re-engage their attention. Once that is done, do a calm review of what they have learned 
And finally, end the class on a fun activity or discussion to end on a high note and make them look forward to the next time they see you. Energy control is very important, but not well understood. Many teachers prefer having a quiet, low-key class where work is completed in silence. But then it's almost impossible to engage all your learners. Unless the content is riveting, some will rebel by misbehaving or acting out. Understand the needs of your classes. Because although energy manipulation is very important, it's not the key to classroom management. Number eight, offer praise. Positive reinforcement plays a crucial part in getting students to behave properly in class. By praising them when they do something well, you are communicating that you expect to see more of that behavior. When students misbehave, they are punished with words of disappointment and are thus motivated to do better in the future. Some teachers also have extrinsic motivators such as candy, stars, and negative ones like demerits to get students to fall in line. That is all well and nice, but we all know that treats and kind words are only temporary. If a child wants to act out, they will. Treats become mandatory instead of a reward, causing them to act out like they are spoiled. If you do not firmly communicate the rules and boundaries and expectations of classroom behavior, students will pounce and behave poorly in class. Number nine, set expectations. I have very high and positive expectations of all my students. I believe that they are hardworking and capable of reaching their goals. I treat them with that expectation and also instill in them the belief that they are fundamentally good students that behave well and treat me and their classmates with respect. They want to live up to that ideal and act in a way to validate my belief in them. But before we can make someone believe in something, we've got to believe in it ourselves. We need to be friendly without becoming people pleasers and strict without turning into a rigid disciplinarian. The best classes in the world are those where there is a sense of community and camaraderie between classmates that motivate them to work together and accomplish common goals. Everyone knows what to do in those classes and actively work together to preserve peace in the class and pursue success. When this happens in a classroom, it is pure magic. A teacher can sit back and allow the students to do all the heavy lifting. This is very rare, but when it happens, teaching is truly a blessing. Question is, how can we achieve that? It's not easy, but students need to find a common purpose understand the rules and benefit by succeeding at their studies. As teacher, you can assist this process by brainwashing your students with daily mantras like respect, consideration, group unity, inclusivity, and focus. Every day, remind them what you want them to do in class and direct them in the pursuit of positive outcomes. 
they self-regulate and bad apples are pushed until they become compliant. This is the holy grail of teaching. You need the right class and many variables that have to go right for it to work. The biggest requirement is that the leaders in class have to be good kids to guide the majority. Unfortunately, the reality of the world is that disruptive kids often stand out because they crave attention. And even if they were confronted by good students, they would remain outcasts and interrupters to gain the validation they desire. Setting expectations can only get you that far. And finally, the secret you've all been waiting for. Tip number 10, the secret to classroom management. Become the king. Nothing in class is as important as classroom management. If you cannot control your class, they will not learn. You will hate teaching those classes and students will hardly ever finish or try to perform well in class. They are preoccupied with acting out and challenging you. That class is meant to be a zoo and they are acting accordingly. No child wants to be in that situation. No child likes the feeling of chaos. They want to learn. They want to be in a safe, positive environment. Unfortunately, you are the reason they are acting out. Your inexperience, your attitude and your misguided teacher training is what is causing your students to misbehave. And now I will share the information, the secret to controlling your class. The secret to classroom management is this. You have to become the king of your kingdom. The absolute authority, a giant pillar of strength. You cannot control a class through tricks and techniques. You cannot guilt them into obeying you. The only way is for you to develop yourself and use a boss mentality built around classroom management principles. Your classes will never succeed unless you become the strongest possible leader in your class. Students look to you for leadership and you are letting them down if you do not give them the strongest possible version of yourself. You are a failure as a teacher until you accept that you need to be a ruthless dictator when the situation calls for it or a kind caretaker when your subjects need it. Your strength and leadership as an individual is what determines your classroom management. People are constantly looking for a cheap way out, a magic bullet to give them control of their class. There is no such thing. You have to accept the responsibility, toughen up and be prepared to grow through adversity. Let me explain. Humans come from a tribal society. For thousands of years, we have lived in small communities where our survival depended on the leadership of a chief, be it a patriarch or matriarch. The strength of the leader decided where we would go, what we do, how we get food, how we avoid danger. In fact, how we survive. If they weren't strong, the tribe would most likely die out. To make sure that the best person was chosen as the leader, members of the tribe would constantly test the leader in small ways. It wouldn't be outright challenges, but small tests to determine the strength, 
character and resolve of the leader. For every test that the leader failed, another member would become weary and apply more pressure until the situation became so bad a new leader took over. That way, the strongest leader was always in charge, giving the tribe the best chance of survival. In today's world, we don't have tribes anymore. Teachers are placed in charge of a young tribe without having to earn it. Young students who aren't fully developed and unable to rationalize their behavior. But they are still born with that tribalistic need to follow a strong leader. So they test teachers to make sure that that teacher is fit to lead them, to tell them what to do. This is even more evident in difficult communities or students with tough past experiences. If they were without strong role models while growing up, they are even more likely to be distrusting of those around them. To make sure that you are the best possible teacher for them, they will test and revolt absolutely. To win their trust, you have to show them that you are a strong leader that will bring value to their lives. That is why students from so-called good families are usually so much easier to teach. They come from a safe environment that has taught them that by listening to authority figures, they will be okay. Where on the flip side, students from bad backgrounds have become distrusting of people meant to protect them, so they have to do it themselves. What has this got to do with teaching? See, the problem is that most teachers are by nature good students. Most teachers aren't trendsetters. They weren't natural leaders while growing up and didn't rock the boat when they were young. They were probably good at school, loved teachers themselves and obeyed authority. But now that they are placed in a position of power where they have to lead a class, they fail. They have never been a leader. They have never learned the skills to be in control of a group of people and now have to figure it out. But it is possible. That is why it takes experience, the type of experience to intrinsically control people, perhaps by using some of the ideas I have previously described, but most likely out of trial and error. Through all the years of obstacles they have had to overcome and classes they have taught, good teachers have become powerful leaders. But unfortunately, they are unable to explain exactly why they are better teachers at classroom management. Fortunately for you, I am here. So now, how can you take this information and apply it to the classroom to control your students? Simple. You've got to work on your mindset to become a boss in class. You are the king and the class is your domain. You don't need to put fear in your students' hearts, but you need the strength to lead them. Imagine yourself as the king of your kingdom. Your people will follow you when they are assured that you can protect them, that you can bring value to their lives. Have a king mentality. Be a leader. Be kind, but firm. This is your land. You want your subjects to succeed and live in a happy environment. If they don't live by your rules, they will be treated more severely. They need to trust you 
And that's why they are testing you, to make sure that you are the one to lead them. But Eric, you say, they should blindly follow me because I am the teacher. Why should I get tested by my students? Here is why. You need to change your mindset. Stop seeing it as a negative when students act out and test you. See it as a positive. I love to get tested by my students in the classroom because every time a student tests me by misbehaving and I pass it, by acting like the classroom boss, I become stronger and gain more authority in their eyes. I don't intentionally push them to get tested, but I embrace it with a smile. So don't take misbehavior as a negative thing. Take it as a positive thing and a way for you to show that you are the true boss in that class. Let's look at all the other tips mentioned before to understand the fundamental reason why they work. One, a king who loves is loved. Care for your subordinates and they will care for you. Two, all kingdoms have rules. The people that live in them have to obey. If they don't, the king will punish them. Model ideal behavior. The king is the hardest worker in the kingdom. Set an example for your students to aspire towards. 4. Be consistent. A fair king is a respected king. By applying the rules justly, your students will grow in admiration for you. 5. Royalty moves in a way that shows that they have authority. Use your voice and body language to communicate what words can't. 6. Be prepared. A king is only as good as the value he provides the people in his care. Prepare your lessons and provide a great learning experience for your students. 7. Classroom energy. A king must understand the spirits of his people. Control the way they feel by providing them with fun when needed and calmness at other times. Praise and reward your students when they do something right. Give your people a common purpose to strive for. You don't need to put fear into their hearts, but give them hope to win their hearts and minds. 10. Create a collective nation that studies together. These words mean nothing unless you put them into action. Be prepared to be tested by your students and aim to be the most powerful leader you can possibly be. It will be tough, but if you apply these principles and never give up, you will succeed and eventually become the best teacher you were meant to be. I hope this provides you with some value when thinking about classroom management. Please share this video with other teachers who might benefit from it. I'm Eric from Etiquette and I'll see you next time.